Welcome to Canada's National Bible Hour. This is Brian Albrecht, your host and president of Mission Go. The scripture, of course, is taken from Matthew chapter 28 today, verse 6, which says, He is not here, he is risen, as he said, come and see the place where he lay. And so one of the greatest proofs that our faith is true is the fact that the tomb was empty. We have Pilate and the religious leaders who sealed that tomb. They put a guard out in front of that tomb. And yet on Easter Sunday morning, Christ rose from the dead and the stone was rolled away. Not only could the soldiers that were there guarding the tomb see that Christ rose from the dead, but also Mary Magdalene and Peter and John and others who came saw that the tomb was empty. And then after that, Jesus actually appeared to so many people. So we know without a doubt that Christ rose from the dead. That means that he's alive today and we can have connection with him. He will oversee our lives. And so we just can continue to walk with God and sense his presence. This is a radio edition of Global Times. Today we have in our studio Dave and Jean Foster, who have a tremendous ministry in uh, London, England. Now the big thing, tell me about the police. 
you're you're the chaplain of the police of London. Is this or what's what's your title there? Yeah, I'm. Well, I'm a lead police chaplain. There's a thousand police uh, in our borough. There's actually fifty thousand police in London. What happened is uh, about probably six years ago, uh, I preached a sermon on being salt and light, and um, lo and behold, um, God was listening to my sermon. <laughs> and uh, you know, the next uh, the next morning, I had a phone call from. Uh, is uh, a young uh, man that was actually he's working with another mission organization called London City Mission. He was helping to roll out a voluntary police chaplaincy across London. There's only one paid police chaplain in all of over the 50,000. Uh, he's an Anglican minister. He said, David, would you be willing to be a police chaplain uh, for the police in your area? And I, my first reaction was, I'm far too busy. There's no possible way that I could spare any time. But then the Lord, of course, said, um, you need to listen to your sermon. <laughs> and um, so I actually had to get up the next Sunday and say to our congregation, this is what has happened. And I've had to pray about this. And of course, I said, if the Lord has my number, he's got yours, too. So <laughs> and um, um, so, yeah, the Lord just it was just amazing. Then he began to open up tremendous opportunities. It just I would continually come home to Jane. I said, I'm just totally astounded and amazed because it's, it's the Lord's favor. And it's not it's not just just my situation. But I've also learned the fact that it's across the UK. The Lord has opened tremendous doors. I've had. Um, police, Christian police that I've met that have retired, and then I've told them what is happening, and they said, David, we have never in our history of our policing ever heard of this happening. I go into the main police station a couple times a week, generally uh, for sure on a Friday morning, and I have free reign. Of course, this, I have to back up a minute, the fact that it took about a year and a half as far as counterterrorism uh, they want to make sure I wasn't a, a terrorist, <laughs> and uh, so they go back and study your grandparents and your parents and your uh, all your siblings, to make sure that you're not connected to any uh, terrorism. And then you um, got a badge, and you have to sign your life away, uh, the Privacy Act, and all this type of thing. But um, anyway, it opened tremendous doors of opportunity. Going into the station, and basically, I've had borough commander almost they can be high level meetings. They will stop and they say, "Take ten minute break." and I'm ushered right in and uh, to be able to spend time uh, with different ones. I just two days ago, I checked uh, email while there was an officer, I don't know who they are, but they said, uh, Reverend Foster, we just, I've just received news of my mother <coughs> getting, having bowel cancer. I desperately, could, could I speak with you? And so mm -hmm. I've set up a time when we get back uh, to be able to uh, get in contact with them. But one thing what we did is we started police breakfast uh, in the last five weeks, for instance, we've had three police breakfasts. This present borough commander, what he's done is that he looks at the uh, thousand police. The, he has his staff officer look at the duty rosters. He actually orders <laughs> those uh, different ones. We said we can handle about 36 at one time uh, because we want to make it more intimate. And so he actually orders about 36 to actually come to the police breakfast. Which we wish we, you could do that with your congregation, right? That, that's right, yes. <laughs> Gene and I had a lot of reservations about that. <clears throat> but actually, uh, been very, very positive response because they say we don't have to go up to our commanding officer and ask permission because it's come directly from the top. And, you know, I don't ask. I just ask the Lord. And so what happens is that um, Gene, the catering team, 
they, um, they prepare this wonderful breakfast, and then um, I just have the opportunity to open up the gospel. And to uh, uh, this, the last two, there's two of the last two pre uh, police breakfasts we've had. They also, all the new young policemen coming into uh, uh, the Met in police in London, and they said, uh, David, you just take the opportunity. Just spend time with them and just speak to them. And then a few months ago, uh, one of the uh, inspectors came to me and said, David, why don't you do a police breakfast for all the new recruits and then just spend time and speak to them. And so the last two times, we uh, again, we have breakfast. And then these last two times, I just shared the parable of the lost son. And I said, you know, I want you to know that we have a heavenly father that loves you. And this is his love and his compassion for you. He doesn't judge you, he doesn't condemn you, and all of us have sinned and so forth. And I just outlined the gospel, and then I prayed with them, and then uh, we offer them a little gospel of John, which uh, they all took the gospel of John with them. What was amazing is last week, I had an email. I almost deleted it. You know how you get all yeah, this spam and you start to delete. And I was prompted, you know, no, open that one. And I opened, I'm glad I did, because it was actually from a pastor and his wife who live about an hour and a half outside of London. And apparently as their son, who's one of the new recruits, they saw the little Gospel of John in my calling card inside that Gospel of John. And they said, thank you so much for um, doing what you're doing and praying. And they said, we pastor a little chapel out in Malden, Essex. And our whole chapel is committed to praying for you and praying for the police ministry. And what an encouragement that was <laughs> to me. I bet. Yeah, so. Well, it sounds like you guys are pretty busy. <laughs> you need help, don't you? We need to pray that yeah. God will help, mm -hmm. bring some help. Yes. We don't want anybody overdoing it here. And uh, Lord has certainly opened wonderful, wonderful opportunities for you and is using you in a mighty way. It's really a, a blessing to uh, read your emails and see how God's working. And, I've been very encouraged uh, through your ministry as well. So the Lord bless you. Thank you very Thank much. You. Thank you so much for listening to Canon's National Bible Hour. We appreciate all those who listen and pray and write in and tell us about their experience and tell us about how our broadcast is meeting needs in their lives. It's always a wonderful blessing to receive letters from those who hear our broadcast and we trust that God will continue to bless you and pray for us and continue to support our ministries because as you're aware, this is a listener-supported ministry. This month, we're actually offering a wonderful, wonderful book that probably all of us need. It's entitled Trials, God's Refining Fire. And of course, all of us have trials and tribulations and difficult things to face each day. And one of the questions that they ask is, do you ever feel like you're being tested? Have you ever wondered how much more you can take? When the heat of the trial has been turned up yet another notch, how can you hang on to hope? These are wonderful questions to ask. And in this booklet, you can discover how to face your trial positively. You can persevere through your trial patiently. You can finish your trial maturely. You can pray for wisdom consistently. And you can believe in God's answer confidently. Oftentimes in ways we don't understand, God uses trials in our lives to cleanse us, purify our hearts. Trust him to use each turbulent trial. He will showcase his faithfulness through your life and will give you peace throughout the process. I highly recommend this booklet. I think it'll be a great blessing to your spiritual life 
It will encourage you and it will help you in a mighty way and maybe in ways that you didn't realize. So please write in and get your copy of Trials, God's Refining Fire. You can write to Canada's National Bible Hour, Box 1210, St. Catharines, Ontario, L2R787, or in the United States at Box 2010, Buffalo, New York, 14231. Today's message is from Reverend George Francisco, and his message is on Easter. Printed copies are available upon request. Let me greet you on this Easter Sunday with the words of the angel's joyful announcement of Christ's resurrection. He is not here, but is risen as he said. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is the most significant event in the history of mankind. It vindicates all that Jesus said and was and is the promise of a glorious future for all believers. The season of the year is suggestive as well, for spring announces the waning of the dark, dreary, cold days of winter, and anticipates the joyous warmth, beauty, and new life that assuredly is coming. The story of Easter is both moving and uplifting. After Jesus had suffered the agonies of the cross for man's sin, his body was taken down from the cross by a loving disciple named Joseph, a believer and a wealthy man who had a stone tomb built. There they placed Christ's body, and the door was sealed with a huge round stone which was rolled so as to close the entrance. Luke 24 verse 1 reads, Now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women came unto the sepulchre, bringing the spices which they had prepared, and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulchre, and they entered in, and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass, as they were much perplexed thereabout, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet with you in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, and be crucified, and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words, and returned from the sepulchre, and told all of these things unto the eleven, and to all the rest. Now, our topic today is the angel's Easter message and more. Luke's account said two men in shining garments stood by them. That is, they appeared suddenly, and they were so overwhelmingly different that the women recognized their superhuman nature. And it says they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth. Now, angels are very real spirit beings and are extremely intriguing in nature and in ministry. Angel means messenger or envoy, and God has created them and commissioned them to help in his work. Scripture says an angel slew an enemy army of Israel, that is the Syrians, 185,000 died in one night. Gabriel appeared to Daniel and revealed to him the prophetic scope of Gentile world history, as well as the time of Messiah's coming. An angel announced the birth of John the Baptist to Elizabeth and Zacharias, and later announced to Mary 
the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Angels appeared to Jesus as he struggled in prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane, preparing for the agony of the cross in order to provide an eternal salvation for sinful mankind. We speak of guardian angels, and this seems to be clear from Matthew 18 and 10, which says, Take heed that ye despise not one of these little ones, for I say unto you that in heaven their angels do always behold the face of my Father, which is in heaven. It appears then that angels are appointed at each human birth and minister throughout life in ways that we don't perhaps understand. Angels are holy ones and are able to stand in the very presence of God. They are without sin. That is, they cannot lie. So when angels announced to the women at the tomb that Christ was risen, then that is the absolute truth. If Christ had been taken away by the disciples or his enemies, the angels would have known it and would have been compelled to say so. The holy messengers of God said clearly, He is risen, and that, of course, is the truth. Jesus himself taught the disciples that he would rise from the dead, but their mindset and their own desires allowed them to ignore that. The angels at the tomb triumphantly declared that Christ had fulfilled his word. He had died to provide salvation, and he was now alive forevermore. The Apostle Paul declared that the resurrection of Christ is the sheet anchor or absolute foundation of our Christian faith. In 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 14, Paul says, If Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain, and your faith is also vain. Ye are yet in your sins. But now is Christ risen from the dead, and become the firstfruits of them that slept. The resurrection was God's final sign of approval upon all that Christ was, said, and did. So we know that salvation is absolutely complete and totally adequate for all the sinners of all the worlds. 1 John 2 and 2 says, And he, Jesus, is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Think of all that was implied in the announcement of the angels. He is risen. But there's more. In Mark's gospel account, chapter 16 and verse 7, the angels said to the people, But go your way, tell his disciples and Peter that he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him, as he said unto you. Now each gospel is important, and in a unique way reveals a little more truth. The angels here say Jesus is not only risen, but he wants to meet with you in Galilee. What a gracious invitation, and how reassuring these words must have been to those disciples. Jesus had just suffered the humility and rejection of his own nation, as well as the mockery and scorn of Herod and his soldiers. This was followed by the brutal and agonizing suffering of the cross, the denial of Peter, the leader of the disciples, followed by the cowardly fleeing of all of the disciples. 
Now Jesus sends a gracious invitation to come and to meet with him. And not only do angels say we are welcome to come to Jesus, but all scripture urges us to come in spite of any and all of our past sins. In Matthew 11:28, Jesus extended an invitation saying, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus, throughout his ministry, invited men to come and believe in him. And near the end of his ministry, his final words to his nation were recorded in John 7:37. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Israel, however, would have nothing of that, rejecting his gracious offer and nailing him to a cross. And they have suffered the darkness of spiritual blindness for over 2,000 years. The book of Revelation, written some time after the cross, reveals Jesus still graciously calling men to meet with him. In chapter 3 and 20, we have the touching account of Jesus, the God of heaven, humbly standing at the door of the church and of the human heart, saying, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. The very last chapter of the Bible includes Jesus' words, the spirit and the bride say, Come, and let him that heareth say, Come, and let him that is a thirst come, and whosoever will let him take of the water of life freely. The angel was the first to say, God is not mad at us, but graciously opens his arms and says, Come to me and be forgiven. Be free from that burden of sin. And that invitation, friends, is still good there is still time for you to come. If you will believe that Christ died for your sins and will now ask him to forgive and cleanse you, then today he will do that and make you a part of his forever family. In the words of the hymn writer, there is room at the cross for you. There is room at the cross for you. Though millions have come, there's still room for one. There is room at the cross for you. Will you not come to him today and trust him and take him as your Lord and Savior? The angels have stated several important things of Christ, but it was not his, God's intention for them to say everything. The scriptures, however, are intended for our instruction, and they declare decisively some other great things about Christ. First, that the kingdom of God that Jesus began to preach about is not dissolved, but rather delayed. When Israel rejected Christ as their king, God then closed the door for a time, as it were, on the kingdom promised, and opened the door of salvation to the Gentiles. The Apostle Paul clearly states that God is not finished with Israel, saying in Romans chapter 11, verse 26, And so all Israel shall be saved, as it is written, There shall come out of Zion the Deliverer, and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. 
This speaks of a day when Christ shall return with his saints to purge Israel from their sin of unbelief and to reign on David's throne over all the world for 1,000 years. The book of Revelation records the great coming events designed to convince men of their wickedness and to pave the way for Christ's return. This includes the revelation of Antichrist, the seven years of tribulation, and this will be a time when God pleads with men through great judgments poured out upon the earth. This then will lead to the gathering of all nations and the battle of Armageddon. Then Christ, God's King, will come from heaven, it says, and destroy Antichrist and his armies and be crowned King of Israel and of the world. Revelation 11.15 says, And the seventh angel sounded, and there were voices in heaven, saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ and he shall reign forever and ever. The risen Christ will one day return to reign and to fulfill all the prophecies of the 1,000 years of prosperity and peace, both for Israel and for the whole world. They shall beat their swords into plowshares, and uh, peace shall reign over all the earth. There are so many, many more things spoken of about Christ. But one final thing. Christ is also the coming God-ordained judge that all wicked men must face. Revelation 20 and 11 says, And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat upon it. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the dead were judged out of those things that were written in the books and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. What a sad ending for all those who reject the risen Savior and Lord and coming King and Judge. Friends, there are many other things spoken of in the scriptures concerning the risen Christ. We all need to spend more time opening and studying God's word. May his truth and the truth of the resurrected Christ bless and encourage all of us today. May each of you have a blessed and a happy Easter time. I trust the message you just heard will be a great encouragement and blessing to you. And maybe some of the truths taught there will even help you throughout this next week. Here at Kansas National Bible Hour, we're so concerned about our listeners. But one of the things that you also are concerned about is not only the growth of believers, but also those who maybe listen to this broadcast and don't know Jesus Christ personally. You need to have a personal relationship with the God of the universe. It's the only way to get into his presence. Jesus, when he was on earth, said, I'm the way. He's the only way. I'm the truth. He's the only truth. He's the only way. I'm the way, the truth, and life. No man comes to the Father except through, through the Lord Jesus Christ. All of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All of us need a Savior because of that sin. God is a holy God, and he won't be in the presence of sin. And uh, that's why the Old Testament was really written, to show the children of Israel uh, what things uh, would cause sin in your life. 
and then you'd have to make a sacrifice to uh, appease that sin to get yourself right with God and it, it required the shedding of blood. Jesus shed his blood on the cross of Calvary. He was a perfect sacrifice. Because he shed his own blood, we have the privilege of asking him to become part of our life. We acknowledge that we need a savior because we're sinners and we need him in our life so that we can have connection with the Most High God. The verse that I came to faith in is, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. And I claimed that verse as a 12 year old and that verse changed my whole life. I've served the Lord for over 50 years now and God has blessed me and my family and our ministry to a great extent. Please write in and get your copy of Trials, God's Refining Fire. It will be such a blessing to your life, to your spiritual life. It'll help you grow. It'll help you have a new perspective. You can write to Canada's National Bible Hour, Box 1210, St. Catharines, Ontario, L2R 7A7, or in the United States at Box 2010, Buffalo, New York, 14231. You can also hear past messages on Canada's National Bible Hour by visiting our website.org. That was www.missiongo-radio.org. Mission Go is spelled M-I-S-S-I-O-N-G-O-Radio.org. You can also find us on your smartphone app. Uh, we are called MGO Radio. It's a Christian online radio station. Speakers you hear are on Canada's National Bible Hour as well as others. And also have really good Christian music. And you can actually tune in all day and it will be a real blessing to you.